This is Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and an energy worker and also a channel. And I do readings and tutoring and energy work healing sessions and ongoing coaching work to get to deeper issues. And at tdjacobs.com, you can find all that, plus the True Black Moon Lilith Natal Report, which is available once again. Uh, 16 written or channeled books, total of 16. And a bunch of channeled audio to help you clear out your life and raise the level at which you vibrate. This MP3 is about energy management. And over the years, in different places, I have described what this is. I'm going to do it again today uh, in terms of current events. Uh, I live uh, in the United States, and I am one of the people who is affected by the saturation in the media of current political events here in the country, and I know a lot of people in the U.S. are, and people around the world are paying attention. And uh, anyway, so I want to talk about energy management, and um, what I've learned through teaching people this stuff, what I've learned from my own experience, what I've learned through channeling, and from getting into the material of some spiritual teachers and uh, medical intuitives. What's what's going on? Well, and I also okay, sorry. And then I also want to t- talk about. Uh, Neptune and Pisces, it's transit that started in 2012, approximately 14-year-long transit. It's there now. Uh, South Node in Pisces and Chiron in Pisces. And Chiron's there maybe nine-ish years, maybe eight and a half, nine years-ish. And uh, South Node will be there, you know, just for another few more weeks, but it will have been about a year and a half. Anyway, they all happen to be in Pisces. So we're having questions from these... Uh, planets in this point about Piscean things. And so I just want to mention that in terms of energy management, because most people do not know that humans are energetic beings. And this is one of the hallmark things that's defining uh, human evolution right now. Uh, You might hear, uh, it's important to deal with your emotions. It's important to deal with your heart. Uh, to open your heart, to forgive people, to have compassion, to whatever. You may (laughs) hear all these different things. And what this is really about, what emotions are really about, what boundaries are really about, what money is about, what sexuality is about, what relationships, both karmic and otherwise, are about, is energy. So anyway, we're going to talk a little about energy management here. I do... uh, I have this image in my head. Uh, when I used to ride the the T and the bus in uh, Boston, when I lived there for for six years, before all this intuitive stuff opened up, before I moved to California, and I just have this memory of several times just minding my own business, sitting on the bus or the subway, and you know people are around and. <laughs> um, the noise of the train or the bus, right? The traffic, if it's the bus, you know. And I, I, I look up, and there's a, an ad that's a banner. It's like four feet long. I mean, a banner. It's like a piece of cardboard, but it's like in this slot above the seats. And if you live in a city, you've been on a bus, you know what I'm talking about. And um, it would say in all caps, bold red letters, anxious with a question mark at the end, (laughs) or depressed, and I just, and I just remember, um, 
I was fine until I saw the sign. You know, like I was sitting there just told, you know, I was fine. And then when I, when I read the word, you know, stressed, anxious, depressed, I became more aware of my surroundings and the noise and the energy and the people. And so I always had this joke that like I wasn't anxious till I saw this sign. It's just a little joke in my head among, you know, the peanut gallery members in my own head. Well, all the headlines that we're dealing with now regarding political things, uh, and that includes immigration things and people experiencing different sides of that issue, and um, every issue, right? What's coming up in the headlines is fear and in a way is meant to pique interest so you read it, right? Not to say that news made, news organizations have some kind of nefarious motives in getting you to want to read their stories. Of course not. But, um, you know, it's piquing your interest. It's to get your attention. It's to tell the story. But the level of fear is is almost palpable. The anger in certain segments of the population, uh, in certain areas of the government here in the U.S., you know, the anger, the constant bullying and attacks and defense and, and paranoia, those energies are what we are getting. That's what's being talked about all the time. That's why I'm inspired to do this, 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 this thing, because a lot of the people that I encounter and people who are drawn to my work tend to be, you know, in certain, in different ways, sensitive to energy sensitive to emotion, intuitive, you know, empathic, um, psychic, mediums, whatever, you know, at different levels of development. But it's really, really important to understand that everybody is an energetic being, but we don't mostly know it. Most of us mostly don't know it. So when you are engaging with these headlines, your energy may be affected. Now, if you are angry, or you're afraid, or de- feeling depressive, or depressed, or just down, right, or, or angry, right, and riled up, or fed up, and you, and, you, and, you, and you stop looking because you're angry, or any of those other emotions, you know, just sadness, you know, if you're really em- empathic, you might, like, like I had a, every time I hear about the EPA appointment, the, the, the new secretary of the EPA, even when names when the name was brought up weeks ago, my heart sank. And it was like just feeling like, you know, the a, a, a potential cost to the collective being tallied up now in the form of somebody who doesn't care about the environment within a government that doesn't care about the environment. And that, I, w- I just, that hurts me. Like that makes me angry and it hurts. So anyway, so you might even just from certain you know, vibrations feel. So I encourage I encourage you to learn to stay open and be aware, but take care of yourself. And that's kind of what I'm going to talk about and describe here. So like I said, most people do not know that they are energetic beings. And this has to do with different things. But one of the primary things is because we believe that we are the narrative that our mind is telling us we are. We have a biography, there's a life history, 
There are choices, there are events, there are relationships, there are opportunities, there are forks in the road, <laughs> you know. There are things that cause joy, things that cause sorrow or pain. People come into our life, people leave, whatever. The, the brain, the linear logical self, is telling a story that is your life. But it's like history. It's like stringing together things through an interpretive lens to try to create a meaningful narrative. Well, you mostly, just, you know, I say this with compassion, because most of us do it, mostly you have identified to some degree with that. And so as a, as a channel and, and, and work with beings I work with, they're always saying, you are not your history. I'm primarily a Sender Master Jehudi, who's also Thoth or Toth and and uh, St. Germain and Merlin, he, he says this over and over again, you are not the sum of what has happened to you. You are not your choices. You are not the, you know, how other people have treated you. You are not your judgments about yourself, etc. He goes on and on and on. So what does it mean that you're an energetic being? Well, because, you know, it will say it this way, if you have believed that that narrative is who you are, that linear, logical, mind-based narrative is who you are, then you're going to be affected by energy but not realize it when it happens. Because your whole life being affected by energy, your mind has made up stories and assigned reasons to explain why things happen. So as you are affected by things in the world around you, you most likely ha already have a file on this kind of situation that's in front of you. So as you are affected by energy, you may in fact not realize it, and you may just go back to the files, and what does this remind me of? What is this like? Um, like I just, I referenced the joke about being on the bus and seeing the anxious, you know, and the <laughs> huge red letters, and I was fine till then. You know, that's kind of a joke, but there's like a story my mind says about that. And so when I was thinking about this topic right before I hit record, that image came up because I knew I was going to mention headlines and that kind of energy around us and seeing, you know, words that are meant to pique us, to intrigue us and to get us to click or read or whatever. So you are constantly being affected by energy. When you encounter energy, you respond physically, intellectually and mentally and emotionally. One of the other images that, that Jehudi gives us is that we are musical instruments and energy kind of strums the strings and the music that results is emotion. So we are stimulated by energy. We feel emotion and that happens within us and then comes off of us as, and other people will experience our emotion as energy. And we can play each other actually as if musical instruments. So just, so just think about the last conversation you had <laughs> before hearing this. And think about before hearing this MP3 and think about it in terms of two energetic beings either trying to play each other or trying not to play each other as musical instruments. Like Anyway, just this image to, to work with. All the people you interact with are energetic beings, as are your pets. So what we have in common is that is that we are consciousness that exists across time. Yet, because we exist across time, 
across time, we are collecting these stories to add to the narrative about why things happen. So in a fundamental way, every single one of us is precisely like every other one of us. And yet, in very, very, very important ways that are too numerous to name and list, we are each also unique at the same time. And so, like I said, we can play each other as energetic beings. Well, we can also learn to operate ourselves, to operate the instrument of our energetic beingness. And that's kind of what I aim to teach through all the things that I do. So that whatever is happening in the world around you, you know yourself well. You know your triggers. You understand how to be grounded. You understand how to take care of your emotional needs, how to validate yourself, how to understand the big picture of your life as a soul living a human experience in order to learn to go from fear and pain and sorrow and grief and loss, blah, 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 etc., into acceptance, compassion, love, etc. And then the and then I also teach people the actual practice of managing themselves as energetic beings and looking at when we when they get thrown off course, when they feel filled with an energy, when somebody triggers them, when somebody says something that really makes them doubt themselves. So this is all part of the process of learning to be an energetic being in a more conscious way. So you're already doing it. One of the things I like to talk but but to become more conscious of it is key. One of the things I like to describe and help people understand is the energies that you are giving off create your experiences, your relationships, your opportunities, your decisions, and the world around you. You might think, here I am, this person who in terms of the world or my city or my whatever, I'm tiny, I'm one person. But in essence, in fact, essentially you are an energetic being, you are a portion of divine consciousness, your soul is connected to you. And it is the divine. So you are the divine. And what that means is that you are vibrating energetic cues and commands constantly. And so to become more conscious of yourself as an energetic being, we have to look at what you're vibrating. We have to look at what, and the easiest way to do it is to look at what is in front of you. Because everything that happens to you and around you is a result, a direct manifestation of what you're vibrating. Now these vibrations, energetic vibrations, are tied to emotions, feelings, beliefs, memories. I define karma as beliefs that are attached to emotions. So you're vibrating karma, which is, when I feel this way, it means this. When that happens to me, it means this, and this is how I feel about it. So you're vibrating a bunch of things, right? And if you get into spiritual circles, or you work with me, or uh, you know, work with people like like the like who do this work, like I do, you will learn about intention and choosing what you vibrate. It may be described in different ways, but essentially intentionally vibrating is part of the story. What do I choose to vibrate? How do I choose to respond to something? What belief do I choose to hold? How will I interpret this thing that happens to me or that keeps happening to me, that keeps happening and makes me feel powerless or disempowered or frustrated or hurt? And yet that's the conscious thing. 
So you have to, so we have to become more conscious of our conscious stuff, right? What we choose to believe, how we choose to see things and interpret things. But it's extremely important also to realize that what is in your life is also a manifestation of your unconscious energies and what you're vibrating. Now, you might not think you have a certain emotion or energy as a constant theme or something, but a lot of people might tell you that you seem to, or they might assume you do, because they're picking up on something you are not fully aware of, and things can vibrate in our unconscious. So the conscious side of it is, let me choose what I'm what I'm believing, what I'm vibrating. Let me choose what attitude. <clears throat> the unconscious stuff is, well, I don't know what that is. That's the point. So let me look at what's manifesting in front of me that I don't like, and let me have faith. First assume, and then have faith that it's manifesting because of something I believe. Something I think should happen. Something I something I would love not to happen, something I regret, something I'm terrified somebody's going to find out. Those things manifest in front of us. So we can reverse engineer the karmic beliefs by observing what's actually in front of us and owning, okay, that's my unconscious manifest in front of me. That thing that keeps happening, that keeps bothering me, you know, seemingly no matter what I do. Uh, okay, great, that's in front of me. Okay, that's mine. Let me own that. And then work on consciously operating that part of you. Asserting, we, we do it through affirmations, you know, asserting something positive about that. And that can help address the unconscious thing. Now, the thing about the unconscious is you have no idea how many toys are in that box, how many toys are in that chest. <laughs> and you can't find out. But, you know, using evolutionary astrology the way that Ascended Master Judy has taught me is a great tool because it can put words to the bigger patterns and help identify, you know, where you are in phases of different learnings described by your chart. You know, like I have Venus square the nodes. Maybe you have Venus on the south node. Maybe you have Venus on the north node. Maybe you have Venus opposite Pluto. These are different ways of saying, I have a karmic thing. I have a multi-life, you know, journey that involves a sticking point about this archetype. So um, we can begin to put words to the unconscious stuff. And this is why when I do readings, when I do Soul's Journey soundbites, actually, the 20-minute overviews of uh, people's karmic journeys, one of the reasons that they are so surprised at how accurate they are is because I'm not talking to their conscious self. I'm looking at the chart and saying, yeah, some of this represents a conscious self, some of it is the unconscious self. Let me do what I can to put words to the major themes and issues. Well, when you hear what's been dogging you in your unconscious that it keeps manifesting and bothering you, and I give you an empowering tool, you know, I give you an explanation that helps you see it clearly, and then empowering tool and affirmation, a decision that you can make to say yes and no to, some, to different things about this life issue, and to change your mind about it, which is changing karma. There's a great sense of relief because you now are empowered because you have some words put to something that's been dogging you from the unconscious in front of you. That thing with the authority figures. Like I have one client who recently, um, call, she does coaching. She's been doing coaching for like five and a half years. And uh, 
she's been working through things like step by step. It's amazing. Like you might think like, oh my God, five and a half years, what's wrong? No, it's, it's really some amazing progress. And we just work on different issues and different levels and do energy work. And, um, she called me last week and said, Hey, I want to look at, um, being investigated because it keeps coming up through her work. You know, somebody suspects her of something, somebody goes to HR and tells on her. It's just this weird kind of thing about, you know, what is the, what is this karmic nudge about being investigated? So I look and we see, a an other life self associated with her soul, the records of that life being in her unconscious now. And that person had been part of a failed revolution, was reintegrated into society, but people didn't know what this person had done. And the person was terrified about being found out. So this woman in 2017 in England manifests these investigations through work, <laughs> you know, somehow manifesting people to be suspicious of her or deciding she did something bad when she hasn't. And it's rooted in this other life thing. So there are things in the unconscious. So, so that was actually a pretty efficient thing where she's seen a pattern over a while. She brought it to me and we looked at it, dug in her field a little bit, you know, with her permission, of course, and um, identified what the belief from the other life was. So there's a, there's, so I just want to say that even this woman who's been doing this work for me for, and she doesn't do a weekly session, but she's probably, you know, probably almost half the weeks over five and a half years, like, like quite a number of sessions, you know? And um, so she is now accustomed to saying, okay, if it's in front of me, I must be vibrating it. Let's take a look. So anyway, she's a great success story uh, in my practice because she now has tools to look and to have faith that if it's in her life, it's there for a reason, but she can own what has not been owned yet. This is what I want for everybody. The thing that bothers you, the thing that frustrates you, to say, okay, this is here for a reason, and simultaneously deal with the feelings that you have but not have to act from those feelings, not feel defensive, not feel trapped, not feel lost, but to learn to own things and, and work to change what you're vibrating consciously, even if it's an unconscious manifestation in front of you. So I want to kind of go back to some basics. That's just kind of an intro explanation thing. Some basics about grounding. I, I talk about it all the time. I'm actually holding right now two hematite spheres, and I'm really noticing uh, how they're shifting my, my energy and making me talk a little slower and a little more ground, a little deeper, a little more speaking to you from my lower chakras. Um, I've used tiger iron for years uh, to get grounded and work through lower chakra issues. Recently, I've been experimenting with these um, hematite spheres, and it's a completely different experience, though hematite is, of course, one of the three constituent stones in tiger iron. I just really am I'm super surprised and intrigued by how different the hematite spheres are. Those are going to be up on my site soon. I'm still doing research, but um, they actually usually become less verbal, much less verbal, and it's actually kind of challenging for me to, to, to talk while I do this, but I thought I'd do an experiment while holding them. So if I trip up on certain words or talk really slow or there's a big pause, it's because I'm feeling this iron vibration from the earth so directly in my hand. I have two of these, uh, I don't know, they're like inch and a half spheres. So the grounding thing, 
um, I talk about it in different ways. Being in your body. Having awareness of your energy field spread out through your whole body. Being connected to the earth. Whether with you know imagining cords into the earth or being on earth, grass, sand, whatever. Touching a rock, a tree, whatever. All those things work. Being out in nature so you are not in your mind, but you're experiencing your senses and your body. You're aware of the environment. That That's a grounding exercise, you know, in general. What I typically talk about is that thing about cords into the earth and breathing on your inhales all the time. The energy of the earth fully into your body. There is a free 13-minute grounding MP3 on linked from my homepage. Look for the green picture. It's a forest trail. It says something like grounding meditation. And uh, I encourage you to do that 13-minute MP3. But even beyond that, you can just use some of the techniques in it to stay grounded, even if you're not listening to an MP3 all the time. The idea is so you, you can do that a couple times a day to clear your energy field out, to connect with the earth, to get out of your brain and into your body. And that's very good for grounding. So you don't believe the narrative that your mind has, you know, perhaps convinced you of, but is always trying to convince you of. So when you're grounded, you're f more fully in your body, but that requires looking at what might have kept you from being in your body. If you've studied spiritual stuff, mediumship, psychic stuff, intuitive stuff, or been around, you know, the crystal world or whatever, you may have been taught or may have um, ended up assuming that spiritual development is up in the upper chakras. So as I tell people to ground, they're like, sometimes they're a little confused uh, about why. And I actually used tiger iron for years to channel, which is completely not what you would expect because it pulls energy down to the lower three chakras. But when you do that, you're sick, the, the pressure is off the left brain or the logical self. The the you know logistics scheduler person, the accountant, the person, the judge, the worrier, the planner that can't sit still, don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, might need to be afraid. Part of you, that's the linear logical self, the left brain. And intuition in the sixth chakra naturally begins to relax open when the left brain isn't dominant. Intuition requires not just right brain, not the absence of left brain, not quieting your mind, but having left and right work together. So you have logic, but you're getting energetic cues and seeing symbols and interpreting them. So groundedness, you know, helped me become a channel. But it also helped me learn to speak in a, at a rate at which people can understand me. It helped me get out of my head and its worries to be more fully in my body, to be present with other people. That helps you make better decisions. It helps you develop self-trust. And it helps you overcome self-esteem problems and all kinds of things that, that uh, live or associated with the lower three chakras. Uh, I do encourage you to check out the chakra course, which is, you can get part one, which is chakras one through three, or the whole seven part thing. It's actually nine parts total because I have two intro MP3s for each section. And uh, it's Ascended Master Jehudi's explanations for everything he wants you to know about the chakras for building sanity from the ground up. Um, so that whole thing is in there. And then there are the 22 and 31 channeled 
MP3 meditation sets, which energy work MP3 meditations, which will do energy work based on those principles and help you learn to manage yourself more intentionally and consciously as an energetic being. So those two things in tandem are extremely important tools, and I am doing a private Facebook group for people who get either or both, uh, one or all three of those sets, and has questions and wants to be part of a, of a, a small community working on this wavelength. So if you're not grounded, you might be flaky. You might think you need protection. If you're not grounded, you might not know that you have choice, you have free will. You might not feel connected to community because of what happened in your family when you were young <clears throat> or what's happening now in your family. Uh, you might not know how to ask for what you want. You might not know how to say no thank you to what you don't want from other people. Connecting with others might be hard because of your self-judgments or your fears about what might happen next. So grounding is absolutely critical to spiritual development because it's critical to being sane. And spirituality isn't about meditation. It's about being in your body and figuring out how to do what your soul sent you here to figure out how to do. So the grounding thing for energy management is absolutely critical, cannot be overemphasized. And if you work with me or you work with uh, the, any, you know, it's 22 or 31 MP3 sets, it's 20 minute MP3 meditation sets, uh, everyone begins with grounding. And that's what I do all the time and tell people to get grounded because it's almost a guarantee that the questions your brain asks me during a session, if you were grounded and you were really peaceful about who you are and not apologetic for wanting or needing things, blah, 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 all the lower chakra things, if you knew you could say yes or no, if you knew that life is supportive and that you're welcome here, you probably wouldn't be asking me those questions. So, so while I'll answer your questions, I'll also encourage you to get grounded so that you can answer such questions yourself and have more you know, inner knowing and more self-awareness, self-trust. So the grounding is absolutely critical, and that's why I recommend that, that people get tiger iron before higher vibration crystals. Like sometimes people say, and I have this note on my Oralite 23 page actually, where it's a seventh chakra stone, very high vibrating, um, kind of will leave you a little blissed out if you work with it a lot, but if you're not grounded. And people think that's good for spirituality. Well, if your seventh is open and you're not grounded, you're going to get burned out, you're going to absorb a bunch of energies, you're going to have a lot of blissful ideas that are not practical and don't help you in your life. So I, I recommend, like, you know, get grounded, get a tiger iron, ask me questions if you don't understand this. And and the people who have gotten Oralite 23 and other high vibrating crystals through me get it, and they listen. Uh, so they get tiger iron. But, but anyway, tiger iron is, I, I think of it as kind of the flagship stone of what I do, because this grounding thing, this lower chakra foundation, to open it and clear it out, and to intentionally use that, use those parts of our lives, uh is absolutely paramount and critical to getting grounded. So in there I talked about saying yes and no, you know, saying yes please to what I like and no thank you to what I don't like. That's part of this lower chakra bit. And that's boundaries. Uh, boundaries are also have to do with deciding what you're available to experience and then saying no thank you to other things. So we don't get terribly specific about this, but certain vibrations. I, uh, I'll do an energy work session for you or for a client, <clears throat> and the client will say, 
this is the kind of abuse I experienced when I was a child. This is the effect that it's having now in my life. Can you help me clear it out? Well, I'm going to go into that person's field with permission, of course, and I'm going to look at that problem, that issue, the residues, the abuse, from when that person was two years old, ten years old, whatever. And I'm going to engage with those parts of that person. But see, I have energetic boundaries very clearly defined through this for this work, so I'm clear I'm not going to absorb what others are experiencing. My intentions for a session, which help guide my behavior, are that I will be of service if I can. I will be present and connect if I can. Uh, I will clear out whatever I can. And sometimes I do take those energies into my body and then shove them down into the earth. Sometimes. It, it, it happens. It's kind of a shamanic thing. <clears throat> Where if you are familiar with the kinds of healings that shamans do, like they might suck something out and then get rid of it. It's kind of like that. You know, suck out a poison or an attachment or something, a blob of something. But I'm not affected because I'm clear. Like that's that's the the big thing about doing you know the work that I do, where I work with people on the some of the deepest, hardest, darkest, most heavy things. You know, even parts of themselves where they they have deep shame and regret. So I clear that stuff out too. So my intention goes a long way because I've decided. I'm not going to carry those things. Now, I work on those energies too when I go to the hardware store and the grocery store, when I teach a class, when I get on the highway, when I do an event and I and I talk to a... I just did the Gem and Jam here in Tucson, which is a three-day music festival in early February, uh, coincident with the uh, Gem and Mineral show, the larger one that has like, I don't know, 45 venues, I think, this year, including this one. And so I did some readings and had crystals at this table on the edge of this grassy knoll, and I and I talked to a bunch of people who um, were really ungrounded and high, or drunk. Not everybody was like that, but but a bunch of them were, or seeming to present evidence of having done those things so much that they can't really be clear and can't really get grounded. And I did feel a little affected by that, and also the constant music from multiple sources. There were like five stages, but there were also a uh, they weren't all in constant use, but we were pretty close to one, um, maybe 100, 120 feet away from one, the edge of one stage. And then um, vendors on the other side of us had uh, stereo systems, so there were competing musics all all day, every day, uh, competing beats and textures and sounds. So anyway, that, that kind of wore me down a little bit, but I was clear I'm not absorbing things from people. And so I can go into a crowded place full of ungrounded people because I'm intentional, because I've spent years developing that grounding practice. So that's a that's a huge key. Now, I'm aware of my feet most of the time. Like like right now, my feet are kind of my ankles are crossed under the table, and my feet are on the carpet, and the my heel is on the edge of the little plastic thing on which my chair rolls, the the plastic uh, sheety thing or whatever roll around mat. And so that keeps me grounded because I'm aware of what is t what are touching my feet. So my attention and my awareness is spread out through my whole body. That's a result of grounding. Um, okay. So the boundaries thing, saying yes and no. I just talked about being intentional when I'm going into situations where I'm going to encounter others' energies that are really intense. Well, in just other situations... I have to be clear that I, I have to assert uh, often that I'm willing 
to say yes, please, and no, thank you, that I'm willing to not carry things. I'm willing to not be affected by things in certain ways. So I have been reading, this kind of takes me to some of the inspiration for doing this MP3. I have been reading quite a lot of stories online from maybe four or five different news sources, and as well as watching some videos of, of reports. I, I don't typically watch videos of straight media, but I watch like the Trevor Noah Daily Show stuff and the Samantha B full frontal stuff, uh, kind of in conjunction with reading things. And, and I do that to blow off steam because I laugh. It's actually, I, I, my girlfriend has noticed I'll be in another part of the house and I will laugh uproariously. And, and now, now she knows that I'm watching Samantha B. It's because because the, just the chemistry of their writers and the, the notes they hit is is perfect, and um, this kind of you know five to eight minute uh, segment where they tell a story and go from a bunch of angles. It's not just a bunch of one liners like uh, on Saturday Night Live or some other some other uh, comedy places or some some talk shows even. It's a bunch of one liners. So I have been reading newspaper reports, you know, and the online you know different things. And over time, they have been affecting me because some of my little poodle in the 12th house paranoia crap ha has been peaked and stimulated. Um, I think I'm going to save that for another time because there's a story in there about uh, the motivations of the people who are really running the White House right now. Anyway, and I'll sound like a conspiracy theorist when I do it, and you'll just have to deal with it because uh, I'm looking at it and it's true. Anyway, so... Um, saying yes and no. I'm not willing to be affected by all the fear. Sometimes I get there, but I have to be intentional about not doing that. So, um, you know, are you afraid about our country yet? You know, that's the sign on the bus in huge red letters. Scared? You know, that kind of thing. And, um, so I have been reading a lot the last maybe week or so, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ease up. I'm going to read less because of this, because of this conversation that I'm inspired, I'm remembering to share with you these thoughts. And I kind of got away from it because I was feeling a little paranoid about some things, again, which I'll talk about in a different MP3. I want to steer this around to the to Pisces conversation. And the sun, by the way, is in Pisces uh, as of, uh, I guess, early this morning on uh, here, February 18th. Um, yesterday on the, on the 17th, I did all the, it's like an hour and a half worth of videos for my monthly subscribers explaining all this. And I realized that, I mean, I, I just watched myself doing this video. I, uh, I do three videos and one of them is on the sun, uh, the sun's transit through the sign, but really the, the transition from the previous sign, in this case, Aquarius and saying, this is kind of what the giant flashlight in the sky, the sun is putting our attention on during Aquarius. And then the transition to Pisces, and this is kind of what it looks like. And I do that every month. I've been doing it for over three years for my subscribers. And this whole notion of surrender came up. And I was saying that, you know, most people, well, we have an in, innate need to connect with something bigger than us, the collective, a collective, something. We have an innate need to do that. But we are not always discerning about what we connect into and what we surrender to. So here we are, surrounded by headlines and news reports and people's outrage and their depressiveness and uh, their doubt and their paranoia, including me, uh, and the, but really the energy of lies 
the energy of lies, intentionally misleading people, obfuscating the truth, lying. Uh, I talked about in the subscriber videos, I talked about the machinery of lying, like building a machine in the White House that lies. And, uh, you know, what can we do to defend ourselves? All these different kinds of questions. How can, you know, how is he going to get impeached? Because at this point, it's probably inevitable. We can, how, you know, how could he not be, right? Um, and all, all these different things that will get us riled up. And the immigrant stuff and the uh, Planned Parenthood stuff, the EPA stuff, the really the, all the stuff, really the everything. So when we talk about Pisces energy, we're talking about the need to merge, the need to surrender, the need to blend in or blend with. And Neptune, as I said, entered Pisces, I believe in 2012, there for approximately 14 years of a transit, <clears throat> so it's still there now. And um, it's 2017 for the record. And um, so Neptune in its own sign makes the satellite dish of our absorbing energies potentially on all the time. There are wonderful opportunities to advance spirituality, to open the heart, to be compassionate. There are all these great things about it. And yet, there's also the, you know, sur being surrounded by misinformation, by in people who are intentionally lying and deceiving. Neptune Pisces energy is simultaneously the clearest jaw-dropping, awe-inspiring truth, as well as all kinds of deception and lies and manipulation, which is what we're seeing. So if you are bogged down by what you're reading in the media, what you know is happening, what you're hearing, what you're fearing might happen, the key is to get grounded and then open to read or hear or listen or watch. Because you have to know that you retain the power of choice even if you feel like this fabric of lies is surrounding all of us. I'm saying this for me more than you probably. Perhaps more than you. Uh, but I'm saying it for me. So saying yes and no. What energies do I choose to engage with? And the key is to be aware of the energies you're, in, you're encountering and then choose which ones you admit into your space, which ones you engage with, which ones you play with, which ones you will entertain and dialogue with. This can be really hard in interpersonal relationships. It can be easier if you talk about looking at headlines. Because... Like I said, we need to stay aware of what's happening. We need to be engaged. But it's important for us to be so grounded that we're not lost in the experience of being open and aware. So most people will experience Pisces energy. And for the collective, we're talking about Neptune and Pisces for those about 14 years. We're not even halfway through it. And we will. most of us will not discern what frequencies we're willing to connect with. And so the key for getting grounded is to there to learn discernment. What is good for me? What's right for me? What opens me up? What feels toxic? And so I'm encouraging you not to shut down, but I'm encouraging you to take a pause, get better at grounding, get in touch, get one of those tools I mentioned, get a tiger iron, 
soon a hematite sphere, um, and get grounded so you can not have to shut down or isolate yourself from what's happening in the world. And you might say, yeah, but I mean, all that toxicity, you know, like you're talking about this machinery of lying, you know, all this obfuscation and confusion and misleading and chaos. Why would I want to be connected to that? And what I'm saying is you're part of this world. You're here for a reason. That you're living through these times is a is, is, reflect, is a reflection, I guarantee you, that your soul wants you to experience this. Otherwise, you wouldn't be alive in this time. You'd be alive between fascism chapters, <laughs> you know, between uh, dictatorial, uh, you know, di dictators and their sycophants. You'd be alive between those chapters in the quiet years. <laughs> so your soul has you here for a reason. So what do you need to learn about this? Again, I talked earlier about making the assumption that everything around you is there because you need to learn something from it. That's kind of a different way of saying it. I said that you're vibrating it. But every, you know, whatever your reactions are to this stuff, there's something to learn from it. And if you learn to manage your energy more consciously and intentionally, then you can be aware and engage when you choose without feeling triggered left and right, without feeling overwhelmed and depressed and paranoid and sad and angry, whatever. So the Neptune and Pisces thing says we are all dealing with susceptibility to energetic uh, influence, whether it's truth or lies. We're all dealing with this collective, uh, I don't know, exacerbation of sensitivity, something. Now the transiting south node has been in Pisces and for a long time, right now they're eight degrees apart and they're going to separate uh, you know, maybe about outer planet transits, you might, you know, two, three, five degrees, whatever your, your preference is. But for many months, transiting Neptune was with that south node, and this is when we went through that whole election cycle, you know, the last year, year and a half, uh, the last year or so, I guess, when we saw so many lies and that people were swallowing it up. And the blossoming of the... Um, you know, the poisonous assumptions that, for example, the media is the people, enemy of the people, things like that. You can't trust the media. Crooked Hillary, all these things, these like little catchphrases that people seemed, a lot of people seemed to absorb and believe and justify with craziness, like with, with made up crap, lies, not alternative facts, lies. Nep, you know, so we're all dealing with the fact that we are connected, the fact that fear spreads through a crowd. Well, also compassion spreads through a crowd, but we have to become empowered as individuals to hold that frequency. So Neptune transiting with that south node for a long time, I talk about this for my subscribers a lot during that time, um, every month. You know, outer planets move slowly and I wanted to harp on it to really help them see, you know, how to become more conscious of this. But we all saw what it's like to have things that are not true spread like wildfire for no good reason, for no rational reason, just because of fear, concerns about safety and security and tribal issues, us versus them. So the other side of this, Chiron and Pisces, only there for eight and a half, nine, nine years or so. Uh, Chiron's got a 50-year orbit. 
uh, but that orbit is elliptical and it spends the most amount of time during its cycle, again, eight, eight, three and a quarter, you know, eight and a half, eight, three quarters in Pisces and Aries. And then the, uh, you know, so it's 17, 18 years worth of 50 years, people have it in Pisces and Aries. And the least amount of time in the cycle in Virgo and Libra, which I think it's a year and a quarter or a year and a half, it might vary a little bit, but it's somewhere around there. You're in three months, you're in four months, something like that. So Chiron is an energy antenna that makes us sensitive to other people's energies very directly. The Neptune thing is a broad satellite dish or a wide cast net, a widely cast net, gathering a bunch of stuff. Like you want tuna, you keep getting tuna and dolphins and a bunch of other stuff. That's Neptune. So that's where discernment comes in. No, I only want <laughs> whatever it is. The Chiron thing is more specifically attuned to your own issues. And, and you will sense pain and suffering in others that resonates with your own. And the, the idea is that in the limited thinking that we have carried often with the idea of the wounded healer, you either have a choice to be wounded and be basically wrapped up in that or to help other people who have the same wound. But you're supposed to think you can't heal your own wounds. I wrote a book about this actually called Chiron 2012 in the Aquarian Age, The Key and How to Use It, which is on Kindle and Amazon uh, and my site. Um, and we can go beyond that if we look at it as energetic sensitivity. And that teaching is actually based in channeling. When I asked the standard master I work with, and starting in early 2008, what's going to happen in 2012? Because I was hearing stuff and not believing it and just wanted to know if he had something to share. And he gave me this whole teaching on Chiron. Um, and, and owning ourselves as energetic beings and learning to more consciously deal with our emotions. Energy is emotion, is energy, that whole bit. So Chiron is an energy antenna and it's in Pisces. So you are now also sensitive to things in the air that will resonate with your own sense of woundedness or not being loved in the right way, not being supportable, something being wrong about you, uh, fears of being rejected or a huge Chiron category. If I do this thing within myself, I won't be loved. I will be rejected, that kind of thing. So this is another layer of the Piscean sensitivity of being sensitive to what's in the air around you. So Pisces energy in general, and here we are for the next month, the sun is there, putting light on all of this. And the sun will pass over the south node here in, uh, you know, two and a half days-ish. And then it will pass over Neptune a little over a week later. And then it will pass over Chiron about 12 days later. So all of this stuff is being highlighted right now during this uh, solar month of Pisces. Um, so you need to connect. You need to surrender. You need to merge with something. But you must be discerning about what that is. You must be willing to say yes and no. Uh, you must be willing to not absorb what's around you. Some of it will get in. And on a day when you're tired or you forget to ground, more of it will get in. And then you just take more time and clear things out and get centered again, get grounded again. Use that 13-minute MP3. Use the tiger iron. Use the, the channeled meditation MP3s to get grounded and clear out your field. And so we're learning how to be discerning about what we surrender to. Just because it's out there doesn't mean it's true. Just because people say it's true doesn't mean it's true. Just because you think it's happening doesn't mean it's really happening. M remember that Pisces-Neptune energy is simultaneously illusion and truth. 
And so to kind of head toward the end of this MP3, to kind of veer off in that direction, the discernment process is internal. Now, the Ascended Master will say, you are already the divine. You don't have to do anything to connect with the divine. It is already within you. You are already, you know, a human that is an expression of a soul's journey. So you don't have to do anything to find divinity, except go inward. So this discernment process is about the resonance. Does this feel true to me? Not what argument does my brain have for this or against it, but does it feel true in my gut, in my heart, in my body? What does my body do when I engage with this energy, when I think about talking to this person or going to this place, going to this job, being in that relationship, taking this trip? What does my body feel like? And here is that the, the benefit from the grounding is to sense into what feels true to you. When you, when you clear things out and get grounded and open things up and you're willing to be in your body and etc. And you develop that level of self-awareness and you're willing to trust yourself, you can and will make the right decisions for yourself at the right times for the right reasons. You are already the divine. Can you get to the place where you trust yourself? Yes. Are you willing to get to the place through practice that you can trust yourself? Everybody has this inner sense of what's true and what isn't true. Yet, most of us, as I said in the beginning of this story today, seem to buy into the narrative that our linear logical minds, our brains, are constructing about why things happen. Some people have uh, talked about how divisive things are. Many people are talking about that. And they're talking about politics, and then they're talking about reality versus non-reality. All these different levels on which this, this conversation focuses. But let's consider that, in a way, there is a kind of a bifurcation happening it doesn't make us separate. It just kind of puts us on different levels of, of a, a process or levels of a, a trajectory, different levels, and they're kind of parallel. One is somebody is feeling a lot and decides to get grounded and clean up his or her life and get clear or thinking a lot and then feeling and then going there. The other is thinking, guided by thinking, being in the brain and having emotional responses based on the narrative that the brain has said is true. So it's kind of like brain versus the rest of us. Now, if you're doing it right, you're in your brain and your body and your heart. You're aware of facts and what time it is often, but also what things feel like and what you need and what you're nurturing within yourself, what seeds you need to plant to build a healthier you, what you need to clear up from the past, what you need to forget. Like you're aware of all these things simultaneously. Your thoughts and opinions as well as your feelings, your assumptions and your beliefs, and you're monitoring all those things with conscious awareness. So we're seeing a lot of people seemingly 
going further into that mind mind emotion territory you know emotional reactions to the narrative that has been adopted by the mind because something some argument occurred or something seems real and something seems true I actually ran into a, a friend of mine uh, I know her from the lapidary club here in Tucson where I used to go to do the stones and neither of us go anymore because it's run by crazy people who are just like seriously they're just shits I just can't even deal with anyway there's a whole like uh, f- a cloud of people in Tucson who you don't go there anymore because the people who run it are crazy and cruel and abusive and I run into them and they're like they think they're the only ones <laughs> or they know there are other people but they don't know them I seem to, I've met like eight people or something um, so anyway, so I ran into this, that one of these people, she's a snowbird, so she lives out, out of state and she comes here, um, just for the winter and I'm assuming she's not hearing this, but who knows. And we ran into each other at the grocery store and talked for 20, 25 minutes and, uh, just kind of surprised to see each other. It's been a couple of years. And she says to me, what do you think about this whole Trump thing? So this was like two weeks ago. So it was probably like early February. And, uh. I told her what I think, which you can hear in other MP3s here if you look for, you know, my MP3s marked with the hashtag Donald Trump or whatever, uh, or liar-in-chief even. <laughs> um, and I told her, and she said, oh, I actually voted for him because, and my heart sank, and I was trying not to be judging, but I was. She said, because I felt like he was going to shake a lot of things up and we need to build some things, rebuild some things intentionally. And I just felt like he was going to shake up the things that didn't work and we could figure it out. We, he and we could figure it out. It's kind of her, her, the, her sentiment, not a quote. And so we talked about it for a while. And I said some things about, you know, I said, I, I guess I said, I just have a real problem with bullies. And I just, you know, talked about that and, and coercion and um, threatening people and, you know, ad hominem attacks and I could see her mind turning, like she hadn't thought of any of those things. She said, well, I, I don't like bullies either. And I said, I um, was bullied as a kid, maybe not as bad as some people, but enough that when I see it or hear about it, I rise up on my two legs and it's hard for me not to have an emotional response, like it makes me angry. And she said, yeah, I was bullied too. But anyway, as we talked, I saw her mind turning because she had been within the narrative. She had believed the mind nar- narrative and wasn't in touch with the vibration. And uh, it's been hard for me to talk to her the last couple of weeks because I, uh, my position is I, I choose not to be judging, but I'm finding myself reacting to somebody working seemingly on that one vibra- that one level, not encountering vibration. I can't help but live according to the vibrations I'm experiencing, which is why I can't deal with some people, but there's no good reason. It just happens, you know. Um, Why I sometimes need to spend a lot of time alone to clear my energy, to get my head straight, so I can get grounded again, you know, because I respond to energies. So anyway, I think that takes us to a good... uh, tapering off slash end point. So I mentioned a number of uh, tools uh, in this MP3, and um, they're all important. And you can check them out at tdjacobs.com. And uh, really, the, the, the thing is, this thing about grounding, this thing about 
more consciously operating ourselves as energetic beings. The thing is that we're each on a unique path. And as I said, we're all vastly different, yet in a fundamental way we are exactly the same because we have triggers based in karmas, beliefs about what has happened to us and the deep emotions tied to it. When karma comes up, we become irrational. <laughs> we have knee-jerk reactions. We can't be reasoned with. We can't hear what's happening because we're reliving some pain or some avoidance or some trauma or whatever from the past. Some dissatisfaction, some hurt thing, some abandonment, whatever it is. Some, you know, being punished for something, being accused of something we didn't do. I could talk about my other client. Um, we're all experiencing our own stories. Yet, we each have the capacity to develop clarity by becoming more conscious of what's happening in our energy fields. So, so you, for you, it's a, it's a, a thing that started with your dad and it happened with every other relationship since then and now you're 50 and it's like, you know, this theme is there, personified by your dad and then everybody else. You know, for me, uh, it's this thing that started when I was 10, blah, 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 blah. For this other person, you know, this other person had an accident in her 30s and it really shaped her and there was a problem. Okay. For this other person, it's like other life fears that kept the person from fully being alive in this life. We all have the different stories. We all have the different triggers. Yet we each can learn to navigate ourselves and the world around us in an intentional way. And that is working with what's happening around us. That is the Piscean-Neptunian Piscean thing. We need to swim in an ocean of togetherness. We need to connect. We need to merge our fields. We need to connect. There's, a, there's an, the impetus for divine connection within us, which is Neptune. And, and if we merge with a crowd... We may find something, it, it, or something like it. But if we go within to find that divine truth, that resonance, is this true? Is this real? Do I want it to be true? Or does it vibrate as true? Does my jaw drop open? Does it stop me in my tracks? And that, that's actually how I discerned or how I navigated my relationship with Jehudi, the Ascended Master, that I work with. Because he would come, he, he knew I didn't want to channel. And that's just one of my things. I didn't want to do it. And this was starting in, I don't even know, 10 years ago or something. More than that, actually, because it was a few years in when I figured out who he was, and he knew I was ready, so he came in directly and started giving me consciousness upgrades. So I could understand him, be connected to him, so I could process things as he does. And access this broad information data stream that is his consciousness which I've gone through all this process, so now I'm connected with him all the time. And I could just, every time I open my mouth, say what he would say. And I do quite often in my teaching and, and, and sessions. But but um, and my girlfriend all the time, she'll say, uh, I wonder what Jehudi would say about blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, oh, this is what he says. She's like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, like it's just right there. Um, but in the beginning, I didn't want to. So he would answer my questions about soul and astrology as if from another room. It was faint. And it was like a sentence or two here and there. Every single answer stopped me in my tracks, and was was so far beyond human explanations and religious stuff about karma, you know, traditional approaches to soul and karma and how to use astrology to see soul. It was so far beyond that, and every single thing vibrated as true and literally stopped me in my tracks. I have a memory of like sitting on the edge of my bed and asking him a question, getting an answer, and I just had to like stare at the floor and process and adapt to that vision 
adapt to the answer. So anyway, that's the process I used to get to know him before I really connected with him and sort of bringing him through, which is a very Neptunian Piscean thing. But anyway, each of us has to develop this internal discernment, is it true? And to do that, we have to get grounded and clear out the lower chakras so all parts of us can chime in. So, okay, good. Thank you for your time and energy. Go to tjacobs.com and check out all that stuff. And email me, tom, at tdjacobs.com if you have questions about any of this stuff. If you have a, you know, you, you, here's my situation, you want an MP3 recommendation, you want an energetically programmed crystal or stone recommendation, uh, I'm happy to do that, tom at tdjacobs.com. All right, take care of yourself uh, and get grounded. Mm-hmm.